Hello. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast today. We pray that it will be a blessing to you and that it will help you with your daily walk with Christ. My name is Ben. And my name is Jack. We have been burdened to create this podcast for the purpose of addressing a problem in the local church, and more specifically, a problem in the life of the average Christian. The problem is the absence of revival. This podcast is for the purpose of discussing what true revival is, how revival can be attained, and how revival never has to end. The word revival has become a cliche, but our goal is to get back to the biblical definition of revival. Our goal is to be revived in the eyes of God. Alrighty, guys, thank you for joining us today. In the past few episodes, we talked about prayer. We started off with kind of introducing you to prayer. Then we talked about the prayer of repentance. Then we talked about the prayer of worship. Then we talked about the prayer of request. All of which are necessary in your life and all of which benefit you in a specific way. I think we said, even in one of the first episodes on prayer, that every revival can be traced back to a man on his knees. Every revival can be traced back to prayer. Prayer is kind of the foundation for revival. And it's what gets us closer to God. And as we have talked about many, many times, a relationship with God is the most important thing in revival. And it's how you build your medium for revival. Prayer is the only way that you talk to God. And for us to truly have revival, we must get back to the Word of God and remember that it is our foundation and that everything we're ever going to understand, comprehend in the right way is found in God's Word. To receive the burden that we need to fall upon our knees and receive this revival and be burdened for it and have a passion for it, even for souls, it all comes from God's Word. And a lack of revival is a lack of God's Word in your own mind, heart, and family. And the ultimate goal of a Christian, and the very definition of revival that we stated even in the first episode, is to reach the sense of normalcy in the Christian life. And we said that normalcy was Christ-likeness. And who is Christ? Christ is the Son of God, yes, but John 1, 1 tells us that he is the living Word of God. He is God's Word. And the Bible lays out perfectly the attributes of Christ, and maybe even attributes of Christ that have yet to be revealed. Not maybe, we know that for sure. The Bible says the books of man can't contain all the things that are held within the word of God. So there are things about Christ that we still have yet to discover because we can't comprehend all that Christ is. That's why it's necessary. Because in order to reach Christ's likeness, we have to read his book, his word, that displays him and his character. We can't align ourselves to something that we don't even know of, that we don't know about. Mm-hmm which is one of the reasons why the Word of God is so important. Another reason is that we're purified by the Word of God. Absolutely. So we talked about the prayer of repentance. The prayer of repentance is important, but in order to stick with repentance, in order not to go back to sin, you have to have the purification of the Word of God. And the Word of God does that. It purifies you. Where all shall young man cleanse his way Mm -hmm. by taking heed according to thy word. And so we say the Bible is important. Obviously, every Christian would agree with that. But something is happening from their mind to their actions. Somebody, they're dropping some screws somewhere or something because there's no revival. There's no passion. Christians, if they think they're good Christians, will get up in the morning, open their Bible for 5, 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes if they're really spiritual, and then they'll close their Bibles and they'll walk away, and that's it. There's much more to the Bible than just reading it. It goes deeper than that. We, be- we really believe there's four different things that you're supposed to do with the Word of God. And most Christians, most Christians don't get past the first one. We're going to talk about four different things. Most Christians don't get past the first one. It brings to 
brings to my mind a man in history named Robert Robinson. You may have heard him or you may have not, but he wrote the hymn, Come Thou Found. Now, Robert Robinson was not only a hymn writer, he was an evangelist. He would go to churches and preach. One, you know, after so much time of preaching, he began to get a little bit backslidden. And after he had written the song, Come Thou Found, and after he had, you know, preached a lot, he had kind of got away from God and he stopped preaching. And not only did he stop preaching, but he stopped going to church. And years and years and years later, he was in a uh, horse and buggy with another woman that was, they were just being carried across town. This woman was singing the song, Come Thou Found. And uh, Robert Robinson started crying. And the woman was questioning, I'm sorry, sir, if this song bothers you. And he said, no, ma'am, I'm, I'm actually the writer of that song. And as she sang the words, he, she said, oh, you must be a very spiritual man to have written this song and to have written these words. He said, I'd give anything to be able to be like I was on the day when I wrote that song. So you say, like, he stopped writing hymns, and then he stopped preaching, and then he stopped going to church, and then he stopped reading his Bible. But of course, there's something out of place there that's not the case. It had to start somewhere. Any backsliddenness, any absence of revival starts with not reading God's word and not praying. It's that simple. Breaking off the relationship with God is what makes revival impossible. So when we refer to the Word of God and its importance, we have, as Jack mentioned, four things that we're going to talk about. The first, of course, is reading God's Word. That has to be the foundation for it. Next is studying His Word. Third is memorizing His Word. And fourth is meditating. The first two will be in this episode, and the other two will be in an episode after this. So we're going to begin with reading God's Word. Now, this may sound very basic and duh, but many Christians don't read God's Word. They don't read the book that he gave us to understand all things. Uh, my dad is a pastor of, he's been the assistant pastor for a while, but he just got accepted as a pastor. And whenever he would do counseling, whenever he does counseling, and they, you know, people come to him with problems, after, you know, they're explaining the problem to him, the first thing he asks is, when was the last time you consistently were in the word of God? Not like when was the last time you picked it up, not when was the last time you read it. When was the last time you consistently on a daily basis were in the Word of God and had a relationship with God? Because he, he understands that the basis of most problems that Christians have are just the absence of God. Mm-hmm. It's the absence of a relationship with God. It's amazing how many problems would be fixed. And even if there are problems, how insignificant they are to you when your perspective is looking through the Word of God and you're in the Word of God as you should be. And also all the solutions for every problem is found in the Word of God. Yeah. They come to a pastor who preaches the Bible, studies the Bible, reads the Bible, has his life in the Bible, to ask him advice, which he's going to give them from the Bible, mm-hmm. but they don't read the Bible themselves. It also, and we'll probably talk about this in the future, it also makes church for you kind of purposeless. Mm-hmm. Any preaching that you receive, you may even understand what they're saying, you may even be convicted, but apply it. You'll wake up on Monday morning and you'll have no desire to apply it. Yeah. You'll have no, you'll be a completely different person on Monday through Saturday than you are on Sunday. And it, it makes church purposeless. And, and when you go to do ministry and you go to get involved, it's going to become checking boxes for you. And you're doing it just to say that you do it. Word of God makes, brings purpose. And, you know, before passion and zeal, which are also very important, Christians don't even have their purpose right. Their, per, their, their function in the church, they don't 
even have that in the way it should be because they aren't in the word of God or they aren't doing everything that we're going to talk to you about. They may even have, you know, they may read God's word. They may even study it, but you know, they're lacking meditation or memorization. They're, they're lacking something. And so like we said, the first thing we're going to talk about is reading. Okay. So a question that really nobody answers or not many people talk about is how much should you read your Bible each day? Now, many people have different opinions and I shall surely give you mine, but such a question, I don't think there can be an answer because God in his word did not specifically give it. Mm -hmm. And the Bible talks about meditating on God's word day and night and speaking about it, memorizing it. But really, how much should we read God's word? I think through the absence of God telling us this specificity, through the absence of God giving us a specific time frame, that it should be constant. You see, what do you mean constant? I think that there should be a constant desire to read God's Word. I really think that the time you should spend reading God's Word, I believe you should stop reading God's Word when you're done. And that comes from the Holy Spirit. You could have a time frame, and organization is amazing, and you know, the apps are great, and having a daily plan. But when you start somewhere, I think it hurts you to set a time frame. And this is my opinion. I don't, this is not, other people may not agree with me on this. But what I find for myself is when I put a time frame on reading God's word in my sin and in my flesh, at least some point in time during while I'm reading, I look forward to being done. If you get what I'm, if you get what I'm saying, I, I, I want to be done and I get I, I get satisfied with accomplishing or checking the box. A goal of some sort, yeah. Now, you sh it's not that you shouldn't have goals in the Christian life, but I find that when I don't set a timer and I'm reading God's word, I find a place of satisfaction. I know mm -hmm. when I've read a certain amount and I know that I can stop here, I know God God has given me something out of his word and I, I know I'm at peace with stopping now and I don't, I don't set a specific time, though I don't necessarily believe that's wrong. I'm just saying for me, it, at some point in time in my flesh, I look forward to finishing. Mm -hmm. There's been times, I, I agree with what you're saying, Jack, there's been times that I've stopped, went to leave, and I was almost like, no, I need, I need more. Mm -hmm. There has to be something more I can go, something more I can taste and understand, because it, it affects me. It affects me in the greatest way possible. And something that a preacher said recently that I heard was, there are three things that if you spend doing it, it'll never be wasted time. And that's praying, witnessing, and reading God's word. Mm -hmm. When I read God's word, I am never wasting my time, ever. So the more time that I can put toward it, the better I will be. Now, of course, we have jobs and we have to support our families mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. But is something like your hobby or desire, a movie or even food, getting in the way of you and God? Mm-hmm. Job said, I esteem the words of my of thy mouth more than my necessary food. Not the excess and the stuff that he wants to eat. It's his necessary food to keep him alive. He esteemed God's word higher than that. Someone like that wanted God's word more than his own, more than mm -hmm. a McDonald's burger. And I think the importance of reading God's word is to have the bird's eye view of the Bible. That's why there's more, because I believe it's more important I believe there's, you should have more than just a bird's eye view of the Bible, which is why I believe there's three more things that you can do with God's Word. But I think reading God's Word is almost like looking at Google Maps while you're driving. 
It's understanding the bigger picture. And though reading God's word is not going to give you, you know, every single definition of every word and the and the detail of absolutely everything, I think it's important. But reading God's word shows you where you were, where you are now, and where you're going to end mm-hmm. up. Because you can see, you know, how the Israelites, how they functioned and how they got back to them and came back to God. And then you can you can pattern that to your own life. Because honestly, when it comes to studying and stuff like that, you could spend your entire life in one book of the Bible. You could spend, and that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I know people who do that. And so reading is necessary because it gives you the bird's eye view and you can understand the bigger picture and the the story, if you will, could, though they're not stories, they're actual real historical events. You understand the plot line of scripture, then you can relate it to your own life. And before you can study, memorize, and meditate, you must read. It's mm-hmm. the beginning stage. You may be thinking, well, I can't focus enough or I can't, or maybe it's that I don't desire to read his word, which is a big problem. And that's why Christians don't do it. They don't desire to. Sitting here in front of this microphone right now, I can truly say I desire to read God's word. Life Jack would say the same thing. But there was a time where I did not. Mm-hmm. What makes me not want to read God's word? Obviously sin. The other thing is that if I don't know what effect it'll have upon my life, I won't desire it. I won't desire it to a point that I would take action. And many Christians haven't experienced the effect. So it hurts them. You know, you don't know what you're missing out on. So why would you want it? If you don't see it play out in your life, you're not going to want it to play out in your life. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we go to it in our life is because we need it. And sometimes God has to bring us to that place where we do need it. Mm-hmm. Jack got me a, uh, a biography on a, a Chinese evangelist named John Sung. And I was reading it. It has a fascinating story. I'll give you a real brief part from it because I have a point to it. But he was in China. His father was a pastor. And he got saved and he came over to America to continue his education. But in the time of that, he was going to go to a theological seminary. But he went to a secular college and learned chemistry, that kind of thing. But this man was a genius. He had a doctorate in chemistry. He could barely speak English, but he learned the language, all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. But he went to some theological places that taught a uh, a social gospel. They got him kind of away in doctrine. But in the process of him doing all the work, because he was working all day and studying all night, he became very fatigued. And some people were concerned about his mental health. And... Basically, things happened, and he was put in a asylum or, like, psychic ward, that kind of thing, to give him some rest. Well, right previously before that, he had gotten right with God and determined to do the right thing and to preach the Bible, to preach the gospel. But um, he had gotten right, and they put him in the asylum, and they said, you're going to sit here for rest for, like, six weeks. And he said, well, that's okay. Maybe this will help me. So uh, during the six weeks, it turned out to be a little over six months, and the more he would get angry about it, the more it would just convince them that he was a nut, that he needed to be <laughs> take some time of rest. So the time, so he looked at it from a different angle. He looked at it as God's school of him dealing with him. And it was a fascinating thing. He read the Bible 40 times in 192 days. Now, it takes Christians 365 to read it once. I did the math he would have to read 246 chapters a day. And if he read for 16 hours and like the other eight were sleeping, he would have to read 15 chapters per hour. Hmm. This man read the Bible 40 times in 192 days. Now, do we expect 
you to do that? No. But I'm saying it can be done. And the reason why he did it was because there was a desire. Because he wanted what God wanted for him. He wanted to know God's word and to know him more. And through that, his entire ministry can be traced back to that time that he spent 40 times reading the Bible. And every time he read the Bible, he look at it from a different study point, from a different perspective as he read it. And it he, changed him. And he also developed a healthy perspective on the hardship in his own life. Now, not every Christian is in a hardship right now. I know I'm not. I've yet to enter God's school of brokenness. But he had the perspective that he should, and you can have that perspective on absolutely any situation you're in. You can find the need of God's word in your life no matter where you are as a Christian. So reading is important, and it is possible. You can have the discipline to do it, but it is something that you have to build. It is a muscle you have to train and Mm -hmm. grow. And once you read, you have to study as well. Being a student of God's word is essential. I'm talking about studying God's word. A famous Bible verse is 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A person who does not study God's word is not shown approved unto God. And he will be a workman that will have shame. Because if you Mm -hmm. don't understand what God's word says, then you're going to mess up, especially be ashamed in the eyes of God. To read it is great, but you have to go further. You have to understand what it's saying. And that's why you have people like Jehovah's Witnesses who may have read God's word, but didn't study certain parts the way they should. And even every Christian cult. Yeah. And so they developed the wrong perspective. And that is a workman of God that should be ashamed. At that point, how do you, how do you really even call them a workman of God? Especially when the man, if you don't know who was saved, who began it. And now, because mm-hmm. of one man's... Lack of study. Exactly. That lack leads... of meditation, which we'll talk about later. He developed, a, he ruined the lives of so, so many people. Now, that was their choice. Mm-hmm. But he put out the wrong perspective to other people. And there are over a million Jehovah's Witnesses, if not millions, I believe. I always question how things like that started. I doubt it involved much studying at all. Probably read a couple of verses and, you know, a couple of verses out of context and then tried to apply them. And he basically had to build his own religion Mm -hmm. out of his lie. Because he did not rightly divide the word of truth. Mm -hmm. You have to compare Scripture with Scripture to get... The meaning. I can take the story of Samson, say if I grow my hair long and take the vow of a Nazarite, then I can be real strong and do cool stuff and be able to go kill people. No, there's specific jobs for specific people in specific circumstances. As Jack's dad said, preaching recently, you can take any verse of the Bible and use it for whatever you want to if you take it out of context. So how do we study the Bible the way that we're supposed to and rightly divide the word of truth? Well, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27, it says, But the anointing which ye have received of him, this is talking about the Holy Spirit, abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. A person who is born again that is saved has the Spirit of God dwelling inside him. That anointing abideth on him continually, and will have that because we're sealed until the day of redemption, until we're raptured from the earth, or Christ comes back. Until we're raptured from the earth, we have the Spirit of God sealed within us. He is our teacher. When I read God's word, I have the author inside me, within me, in my heart, in my soul. People 
false religions and that kind of thing are either not saved or they're not listening to the Spirit's voice. I'm not talking about different opinions of Scripture or interpretations. I'm talking about major doctrinal error because they don't have the Holy Spirit teaching them. It says that it teaches me of all things. He is my teacher. He's the one that gives me understanding on passages. There are, there are passages of Scripture that I do not understand right now. But if I take the time to study them, the Holy Spirit, when the time is right, will give me the understanding of it. That's not going to happen by my own thoughts because God wrote this book. And don't think just by, by our mere minds we can understand it completely. That's not possible. Only by his spirit inside of us can we understand. So Christian, where you're at now, look on how much you read God's word. All your problems, everything that is going wrong can all be traced back to that. If you can, increase it. Increase the time you spend in reading God's word. You'll find that it becomes a habit, yes, but it becomes something that is glorious and that you want to do. So read more. And when what you read, take a portion of that or something you don't understand and study and pray to God as you do to the Holy Spirit that he would give you the understanding that you could apply it to your life. Because you cannot go beyond to the next episode, the next two things we're going to talk about, which is amazing, and that's what truly changes lives, the Christian life. But you have to have the reading and the studying of of God's Word as your foundation. So evaluate your own life and say, God, where can I increase the study? Where can I increase the reading? Where can I increase in the realm of knowing you? And when you do read more and you study more, you'll find that the road to revival will become enlightened and that the footprints of Christ will lead you to him.